Abi. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's dive into today. Uh, we were talking a little bit earlier just how no two families are alike. That's and, right. um, you know, that I think a common mis- misperception or misconception is that um, people think lawyers have all the answers. And when they come to you, no, they don't. <laughs> right, right. So the reality is that lawyers don't have all the answers. Um, and when we get people in here, we are dealing with individuals who are in the midst of a conflict. Their thinking is muddled. They're afraid. Um, but wouldn't it be great to talk to people um, who who are not in that conflict before maybe this happens and are thinking more peacefully and calmly and how would they resolve, um, resolve conflict? Right. So I was, I was of the mindset that, and I think I've been of that mindset for a while that we create the best tools when we have them, when we have the freedom and in a relaxed environment that we can actually apply our thinking or our full capacities. Um, And it really doesn't work that effectively when we are clouded by fear of losing someone that we care about or losing things that we feel uh, are very precious to us, like a spouse or our children, our homes, our money, um, our retirement. And unfortunately, people feel that way when they are going through separation. So I thought, you know, why not go out and talk to people who are really not involved in a family dispute right now? (laughs) Right. And I thought that was a great idea. And ask them (laughs) when they've ever been in a dispute because everyone who's an adult and has been an adult for some time is being in a conflict before. Right. And while they are not right now in a conflict, let them share with us how they've generally managed themselves in and out of conflict. Right. But this was people telling us things at a time when they can actually think about solutions. Right. To problems. And I thought this was great. So, I said to you last time that I go to the gym a lot. Yes. <laughs> and so, and he is um, someone who is in his uh, late 70s. Okay. Married about 50 some odd years. And I just put some questions to him. Yeah. And I thought this was going to be, I thought this was just going to be um, uh, an old gentleman and a, and a young lawyer just... <laughs> <laughs> shooting the breeze, but I tell you, it was fascinating to wow. to hear um, his wisdom, but his humility. Okay, you know, for someone who had been married several, I mean, more years than I have been alive, right? And to hear, and also to get a sense that what you think might be a problem unique to you mm-hmm. is really not right, and right. it doesn't seem to be any different from one generation to the other. The theme seems to be the same just about all the time. And it's just different variations 
of a common problem we all have. Right. So I I, I think it will be fascinating to hear what, what he had to say. I agree. So let's take a listen to your conversation. First of all, you got to dignify the person uh, that you're dealing with, okay. which is also a good idea. It puts a person at ease. It uh, can uh, help them to be more, uh, uh, shall we say, um, trying to find the word, but uh, more friendly. Yeah, more friendly, more agreeable, more more willing to discuss things as opposed, to, especially if you're dealing with things that might be somewhat controversial. And it can be, it can be hard oftentimes if you. You know, if you if you attack a person, or you, you you may not think you're doing that, but sometimes you uh, they're going to get defensive and they're going to shut down, and you're really not going to get very far. So I mean, that's one thing. I mean, when you say that, I suppose that the, so in our line, in my line of youth, I work, for example, yeah, where I'm dealing with families in very serious conflict. Mm-hmm. I mean, at, at the point of breaking up. Mm-hmm. Um, those kinds of situations where sure. you have kids involved, husbands and wives, or significant others, and they are still disagreeable that they are just falling apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, how do you, how do you, how do you see? What, what well, a good thing to do is have first of all have a, a few facts together about the problem at hand. You know, call facts. Well, I mean, it's good to do a little bit of homework about what the problem may be and let a person talk and exp- express themselves now. Oftentimes, people, they might give you the best-case scenario oftentimes, yeah. but at the same time, they may not be getting to the root of the problem oftentimes, you know, not right away anyhow. And oftentimes, yeah. this can, it, can, it can stifle things lots of times. But if someone is giving you facts, then they just give you the version of who caused the problem. Mm. What was that again? I'm sorry. If someone is telling you facts, and they're just telling you what they well, think caused the problem. Well, maybe their version yeah, of the fact, or, well, what, you know... Um, What's the old saying? You know, there's your opinion, my opinion, and the truth. You know, I mean, okay. somewhere in the Okay. Oftentimes, I can. Okay. Have you been involved in a really difficult situation? You thought this is not solved. You can't solve it. Well, sometimes you mean some 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 things you you really can't fix. There's certain you things. Can't? You, no, not really. There's certain things that'll come in a person's life. I mean, who is that? That uh, there is no oh, relationships where well, you're not going to agree on everything in a relationship, right. even if you love the person. Yeah. You're not going to agree on anything. My wife and I have been married for 53 years, and I love I love that woman to the nth degree, and even then some. I mean, but do we agree on everything? Yeah. No, no, we don't, we don't agree on everything. No one ever did agree on anything. But That's if you fine. disagree on things, how do you normally, I mean, you and your wife, obviously, after 53 years, mm. have had some contentious disagreements. Oh, sure. How, well, did you, how did you work through it? Well, oftentimes... I know I'm being personal. No, I don't mind that. Uh, the thing is... Um, I would say that uh, you have the you, you have the same goals, but you have different opinions as as to how to achieve them. Right. And I mean, this is oftentimes where you can can you can, can you come to a common that's, common that's, agreement. That's I mean, all right, that's that's the magic solution, I suppose. Yeah. Now, some people, uh, it's well, 
do they really want answers either? You know, that's yeah. fair. They, they may have a problem about, they may have a question about certain things, you know, but they have different opinions as to how to have this, this problem or question taken But at least care you of. guys agree on the goal. You agree on what needs to be done. It's just how oh, to absolutely. In fact, that's what's kept us together because we've always, in the long run, been able to pretty much figure things out. You know, maybe with, with variables, of course. You know. Well, what do you what do you say? You figure things out. What do you figure out? How to do the thing or what it's is called that you want to achieve? It's called compromise, my boy. Okay. Compromise <laughs> my on what? Yeah, compromise. What are you compromising on? It depends on, upon on the end goal or on the process to get there. Probably both. Oh. I would say probably both. Yeah. I know we're generalizing, you know. No, 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 I, I know. Wow, Jeremiah. That was amazing. I'm telling you. I told you this is, it was fascinating. I mean, it's yeah. it, it for me to have, you know, you you hearing uh, you're in the gym sweating, you clanking of you know weights back and forth, and right. then you you stop for a minute just to work your brain. Right. And this was it was almost uh it was it was an amazing experience to have that conversation. But I think perhaps, you know, go back to some of the things he had to say. Yeah. And you know, and think about it. Right. I mean, what did you get out of that? Well, um, I took a full page worth of notes. Um, I, I've shared this with you before, but I, I love hearing people's stories. Um, I read a lot, and one of my favorite genres to read is memoirs, because I think we can learn so much from other people's stories, right. and that's how we grow and understand the world around us. Right. Um, and I think what we were saying, you know, no two people are the same, but sometimes there's these themes that run throughout. Um, but when he first started, uh, what it, he used this word, um, he used the word dignify. That's right. Which I just, I love because I've been in conflict um, with so people before <laughs> who hasn't. <laughs> and it is incredibly easy to just either villainize or downplay the other person. And I thought it was so evolved to be thinking, you know, taking a step back and remembering like, this is a person, you know, they, they deserve dignity as another human being in order to enter into any type of conversation to resolve conflict. But you see, it's not even just that this is another human being. Right. There's another human being I've been in a relationship. <laughs> right. We just seem you just happen to have differences of opinion. Right. And we disagree even strongly. Right. But could we even conceive of this person not being treated with dignity mm. if it if not for the fact that we are in the middle of a conflict, right. wouldn't you be defending them in, in other situations? True. And should the conflict be a reason to not treat some someone with dignity, treat them right. disrespectfully just because we are angry right. and have differences of opinion? Right. Um, so I thought that was an amazing thing too. And the idea that the if you're going to start talking about solutions to a problem Mm -hmm. the first thing you have to recognize is you're dealing with another human being right forget the problem Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) problems will repeat themselves 
but you're dealing with another human being. And if you don't bring yourself to that recognition or that acknowledgement, then it doesn't really matter what solutions you can come up with. True. They would have no value. Right. To you or to that person. Right, because you're not valuing the other person. You're not even acknowledging right. that you're human. If you just decide, I can treat them as disrespectfully mm. as possible. And what gives us license to do that? Anger? Right. Frustration? Could that ever justify treating no. someone less than human? You know, so if we are really going to talk about solutions, I think Bobby's right. We have to first and foremost acknowledge each other's humanity. Right. We have to we have to understand that we're dealing with people who apart from everything else are human beings. Mm-hmm. They have values and beliefs just like us. Right. Their values or their beliefs may be different from us. But most of the time we are in a relationship with them because we have common beliefs and values with them. Right. So really what's what's different at that moment is just how we pursue that interest. Right. And that comes out too in that conversation that yes. we have. Yes. And you find that a lot of people, when they have disagreements, it's not so much that they don't have a purpose to their relationship. They have a purpose to the relationship, right? But like, like you said, it's just how do we achieve it? Right, right. He said, you know, you have the same goals or that same purpose, but different opinions on how yes. to achieve them. That's and right. I loved that because yeah. you you're acknowledging that you're going to the same place. Yes. But you have a different take. We're different people. We have That's different right. brains That's and emotions. And, you know, you're thinking that your way is the way to get there. That's right. But there's probably a hundred different ways to get there. And, you know, when people disagree, I think if, you, if you're if really serious about disagreements right. and acknowledge the value of disagreements, disagreements actually invite you to think outside of your own little box. Yes. Because it's saying... Consider this other opinion right. or this other fact or this other reality that you may not be used to, right. but it may very well be a solution to our problem. Mm-hmm. So unless you choose to be completely closed-minded correct, and suffer the deficit of closed-mindedness, right. which obviously produces more ignorance mm-hmm. than any good, right. Really, you should be ready to listen to other people because if you don't, you really have people shutting down. Right. And once someone shuts down, it's actually pretty useless trying to have a conversation about solving a problem with them. And if you have a problem with that person that needs to be solved and they shut down, you're You're just going to have to delay (laughs) You would delay right. resolution of that. And I really don't see that there is any real opportunity uh, or value mm-hmm. or any benefit in just saying, I'm going to push this person all the way to the very edge right. until they shut down. Right. Because your interests don't get met either. 
Correct. The reason you are engaging in this conversation, the reason we are engaging with it with this other person at all, is because we recognize that we may have common interests. Right. You know. And I thought that was brilliant the way he said it, and and the 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 manner in which he said it. I right. Totally agree. Right. And I like what you said about opportunities, because I think, you know, if, if we're entering into a disagreement with someone um, that we have a relationship with, we have a history with, and, and we're, we're trying to achieve that same mm-hmm. goal, you know, looking at the different ways to get there, it's more of an opportunity yes. to be able to invite compromise yes. and understanding in order to achieve that goal. And I think, um, you know, it, it helps with problem solving because yes. you're not stuck in just your one way. You're yes. saying, okay, I'm expressing my way. Yeah. I'm going to listen to your way. And now let's, let's think, okay, is, is there a way we can meld those two together? Right. Take bits and pieces. Is there another way we haven't thought? Yes. But when you're entering into a dialogue, you give yourself the opportunity to say, this isn't a problem. This is an opportunity. Yes. We could maybe even get more than we thought possible yeah. when we're open to each other and having, um, you know, that problem solving mentality. Right. So you, you might you might recognize the name Dr. Norman Vincent Peale. He was a preacher. Okay. And he had this quote. He mm-hmm. wrote the book, uh, uh, um, um, the positive thinking. Right. Oh. He okay. was he was he was all about positive. Thinking. Is that the power of positive the thinking? The power of okay. positive thinking. I think it is. And he had this saying that every problem contains within it its own set. Of solutions, I love that. You know, and and what does that really mean? You know, you take a problem, and you take it apart, and you rotate it, and turn it in every possible way you can think of. Right. And in doing so, you will find that the problem is actually pointing you to a correction. Right. Within a correction in what you have been doing to actually make whatever you've been doing. Better. Right. So when problems arise and come up in our mm-hmm. relationship, it is always a chance for us to say, you know, we can actually grow a lot better if we yes. can lift that rock off of from ourselves. <laughs> right. <You see>? Right. <laughs> but unfortunately, mm-hmm. when problems come up, right, we actually want to crawl under the rock. <laughs> yeah. And not avoid it. Deal with it. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that this gentleman said that I thought was amazing was his characterization of facts. He says, you know, yes. we have to get the facts straight. Right. <laughs> facts are pesky things. Lawyers love facts. Well, there's a problem <laughs> with the way lawyers treat facts sometimes. <laughs> lawyers don't love facts. Clients create facts. <laughs> and the thing is that we all have a sense of what we think really happened. Right. See, he said, there's your opinion, there's my opinion, and the truth is somewhere in the middle. Right. Okay. Opinions are the cheapest things you can get. <laughs> and opinions are not facts. <laughs> See, but unfortunately, we somehow think because I said them or I repeated them, right. they must be facts. And if they are facts, then we think they're true. Right. 
But sometimes our statements of facts <laughs> actually misstatements of our memories. Right. See. Right. And, and if we insist on facts, mm-hmm. we may actually lose the opportunity to solve the problem that we are facing. Right. Because facts really are backward-looking things. Mm-hmm. So he said facts, but then he said opinions. So right. which one is it? Right. And he realized I was I was trying to, you know, <laughs> dissect and, you know, right. question what he was saying. But that's a problem. Mm-hmm. We, we, we run to courts and we fight over facts. And we are telling a judge who has never met us before. Right. Here is our facts. Here is yeah. my facts. Yeah. Here is mom's facts or here is my wife's facts. Right. And here is dad's facts or this is the husband's facts. And by the way, after you've heard these facts, tell us what you think we should do. You know, wouldn't it be much better if we sat down and say, well, the facts are what the facts are. It's part of our history. Mm-hmm. But here's the problem we have. Right. It's here now. Mm-hmm. And because if we can solve this problem here and now, we decide how we go forward. Right. Facts are backward looking. Mm, and they are not always clear. No. And we can never really agree on the same facts. You and I could be standing right here and looking at the rainbow and we will not be seeing the same colors. So insisting on those things and saying, well, we got to get the facts straight. Right. How do we get the facts straight? Well, really, is it important? Is it so important that we get the facts straight? We get the facts straight and we get the solutions crooked. Yeah. And we never really get to solve them. And I think his observation is quite, um, I mean, it, it's it's great. But I think there's a problem there when we insist on facts. Right. Facts are not always as important as we think they are unless we are driving them to a certain end. Mm. You, you realize, I mean, having been a lawyer for some time, you realize that people always phrase the facts towards the outcome that they want. That's right, right. Right. So it's it's almost as if, uh, how do you say that? It's almost as if we already want what we expect right. to be the fact. Right. So... We have this bias in thinking about facts. Mm -hmm. And they are not always about the way we think. They are more about how we feel about situations. (laughs) It's how I feel about what happened. It's not really what happened. Right. Because our thinking kind of filters down into our feelings. Right. And then our feelings kind of go back up to mm-hmm. our thinking, and we have this cycle that we go through. So when you are talking about facts, are you really talking about the facts that you generate from your thought process? Mm-hmm. Or is it that the one that is based on how you feel? Right. Well, I think kind of how he reframed it, like it's your opinion of maybe the facts or the truth, you know, of the situation. And I think that 
like how he was saying, it's like you have your opinion of the facts and I have my opinion of the facts, but what is the real truth going on? That's right. And I think kind of going back to what he said at the beginning of if you dignify this person and if you're really having that problem solving mindset, then I think you're able to say, to recognize, okay, we both have our opinions, but we're probably each missing a little bit. So with kindness and politeness and generosity and and open-mindedness to find a solution to these goals we have, I think it just, it completely changes the game of conflict. Right. And, and you know, even if you want to insist on facts, and I know facts are very yeah. important right. because we somehow programmed to think that facts are empirical and objective. Right, yeah. right. Which is not always the case. But here's the thing. If we are going to insist on facts, mm-hmm. then maybe we should focus on the essential facts. Okay? Right. And the essential fact would be, for example, do I really want this relationship to continue? Mm. That is an important fact. Or <laughs> is this done? Right. That's an important fact. Right. Even if you want to base facts on how we feel. Yeah. Have I been feeling lousy or unhappy in this relationship? Right. That's a statement of fact from my point of view. Right. Now, you can call it an opinion or whatever. Right. But it's a fact I'm telling you. Right. And I'm telling you that if we continue in this direction, I'm going to crash. Right. And that word, I'm using that purposefully yeah. because so many relationships are so painful. Right. So painful. I mean, relationships are so painful that people are having emotional and physiological reactions to people they are supposed to be in a loving relatedness and environment with if if you see your spouse or your partner and you break up into hives Mm. and you start sweating profusely or they do something to you and your blood pressure goes up and you have to be on medication or you start having stress-induced vomiting right and sleeplessness, anxiety, anxiety, depression, and, and and people go as far as having strokes and heart attacks just by the way they've been treated in a relationship. Wow. And you ask yourself, where is the dignity in that? Yeah, what did I didn't sign up for this? No, you know. So when that conversation is going on. I I thought it was so important that he asked the question, what is the problem? Yeah. That's an essential fact. Yeah. (laughs) What is the problem that we are fighting about right now? Right. It's a fact that you and I can agree on. And we may not have the same phraseology about it. We may not all phrase it the same, but at least... We agree that there is a problem, right. and this is what it looks like. Right. And then we may then start forming a solution about it. But you realize that when we end up in court, yeah, we are telling the judge about a lot of facts. Right. But what does the judge give you? An opinion. <laughs> 
true. The judge, after hearing all our facts, says, here is my opinion. Mm -hmm. And it's my legal informed opinion. Right. Now, you people should now go your separate ways. Right. Oh, you don't think that we could have figured that out? (laughs) But we wouldn't figure that out on our own. Yeah. We prefer that someone else would tell us that. You know, and I think that is very important thing. And 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 so, you know, that seems to be the truth that we're looking for. Yes. But how does that truth help? Right. I mean, I think sometimes it really it helps when you don't have these things in place, when you're not dignifying the person, you don't agree on the problem, you you certainly can't agree on the solution, right? And you think I'm gonna go in front of this judge who like knows all, you know, they're a judge, but and they are just human beings like right? you and me. Yes, they are very educated, right? they know the law, but what are they really giving you? Right. Most judges, from my experience actually want families to fix their own problems. So when right. we get into court, the judges would normally tell you right up front, mm-hmm. hey, you can sit here and me, a stranger, can tell you how to manage your family's life right. and your children and your money, mm-hmm. or you know yourself better. Right. Try to come up with something that you can live with. Right. See, right. And I think that is normally a much better way for, for people to deal with this. But, of course, there's a reality that Certain problems will probably never be solved. Sure, sure. You know, and and sometimes it might be a waste of time to say, "Why should I even bother fixing this?" Right. You know, they, but but the way of thinking about the problem can itself be a problem, right? Because if we're thinking, "I can't solve this problem," mm-hmm. it's never going to be solved. You've already failed. Exactly. If we can get to the moon mm-hmm. and we can go to Mars. Right. And we can, gee, we can create all kinds of artwork. Right. And do all kinds of unbelievable things. Mm-hmm. You don't think that we can solve our relationship problems? Right. So right. why don't we do it? Simple. We just actually don't want to do it. <laughs> or we don't yeah. put in what is necessary to get it done. Right. Or like you said, like we don't believe that it's possible. And I think that that's a trap that so many people fall into. Like maybe they're so fixated on their way is the only way. Um, But I think that it does a disservice to a lot of people when you go in with that mindset or go in with the mindset of this isn't solvable. Yeah. You know, because I think if you go into a problem thinking, um, we're going to find a way. Yes. There is a, a way. And kind of what he what he said, like, there's different opinions. Yes. But if you can go into it saying, maybe it's yours, maybe it's mine, maybe it's something we've never thought yes. of, then, and you're dignifying that person yes. and having that, you know, like he was saying, when you dignify someone, you put them at ease. Yes. And it allows for this creativity and problem solving. And it it is just such a beautiful thing when you can achieve that with a person. And, you know, most people who get together Mm -hmm. have a lot of things in common. Right. They have so much in common. Their beliefs, their values, their interests are so much aligned. Right. But they don't focus on the 
hundreds of thousands of things that hold them together and keeps them, you know, joined. Right. They don't focus on their commonalities. Yeah, those visions, those goals. They don't focus on that. They focus, we focus. Right. On how we're going to problems. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We focus on the problem. We forget everything else. Right. And it's just, I have a problem. I have a problem. I have a problem. But you're right. If you're going to solve a problem, Mm -hmm. you need to have a success mindset. Yes. Because if you have a success mindset and you believe there is a solution. Yes. You're going to find that solution. I agree. I agree. Unless you don't want to solve the problem. Right. Unless or you're, you're so closed-minded, you can't think that there's any other solution but your own. So, so I have a thing about that. <laughs> okay. See, most most of the time, if if you really focus, you will see that that it repeats itself in a way. Hmm. When people are thinking of problems in a relationship, we generally say, "Yeah, there's a problem." But our first reaction is to deny. Okay. Okay. Deny the problem. Right. Deny, deny, deny until it confronts us in a way that we can no longer deny. Right. And when we get to that point, then our next strategy is to blame someone else. Ah. Uh, mm-hmm. We shift the responsibility of solving the problem to someone else. But you realize denial or blame mm-hmm. are not solution. No. based approach to problem solving. Right. They just shift or delay the final resolution of a problem. Right. And if we deny and it doesn't work and then we blame and it doesn't work, then we just go into anger and frustration. Yeah. Because that person who I want to shift the problems to, to solve it for me because I think they created it, even though this is a relationship that we're both in. Sure. They don't do it. I'm frustrated. Right. And if that frustration doesn't work, then I surrender. Mm. I give up. Ah. Uh, okay. I give up. <laughs> and because I've given up on solving the problem, yeah. I can do one of two things. Either every time I see that person, I remember we mm. haven't solved that problem. I will complain and right. fuss and do whatever until I'm tired of it. And the problem has just gotten more complex. Right. And so I terminate the relationship. Right. And the problem never went away. It's almost as if you have a vehicle mm-hmm. or I have a vehicle and I know that my brakes are making noise. Right. And every time I park the car, I go, God, and I just fuzz and I kick the tires and I hit them. And after a while, I say, you know what? If I just roll up my windows, I will not hear these brakes mm-hmm. making that screeching noise. And after a while, it makes it louder. So guess what? I turn up the music. Yeah. I don't hear that. And after a while, it's just unbearable. So I park the car and I go and I find another car to buy. <laughs> yeah. I did not fix those brakes. I could have just fixed it and continued with that lovely vehicle. Right. But I had to get a new one because I'm not ready to solve that problem I had. And many of our relationships are like that. But you find that there are some relationships out there that are so successful. Mm -hmm. And the reason they are successful is not that they had a clear purpose. 
Because some people have clear purposes and they still somehow get bucked down with their problems. Right. Now, you can always have a purpose and then if you have a problem, you focus back on your purpose and right. your vision. Right. See, you can't get away from that. If right. you don't have a purpose or goal, you will get lost. Exactly. But I think what is really able to get people back on track yeah. on their purpose is their success mindset. Right. They think in success. They think in relationship success. Yeah. So when you hear this man say, I've been married 53 years and right. I love my wife so much and then some. Right. 53 years. A long time. What does he do? What what does he do that's different? What do they do that's different? I think if you think about it, this they identify a problem. Yeah. And then they react to the problem right. by testing solutions and finding out which one works. Yes. They might apply compromise and whatever it is. Right. But once they find a solution, they take action. Yeah. And they fix that problem. Just like that bill. Right. I think that's what really holds people together. I agree. And I think you can always try to throw your hands up, but I think it's actually much better if you're optimistic right. that your your relationship will grow right. in spite of any and all those problems that you face. Right. And just thinking along those lines that there's no problem that the two of you can't solve. There is nothing. And having that mindset, not this defeatist, it'll never work out or we'll never be able to find a solution. No, we are here and we are going to figure it out. There is a solution somewhere. If we can get to the moon, we can stay in yeah. love. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, thank you, Jeremiah. Thank you, Abby. <laughs> this was lovely. I can't thank wait you. to um, hear your next interview. I can't wait to have the next conversation with someone who yes. is dying to tell me how to make life better. <laughs> exactly. All right, everyone. Have a great night. And remember... Ask, Ask Jeremiah. Jeremiah. <laughs>